Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. That's right, we are navigating ministry revolved around preteens or kids in general. Uh, I don't know if you've ever caught on to this yet, but I try to make it specific for a lot of different ages. Preteen is a nice age where you could have a preteen in your youth ministry or you could have a preteen in your kids' ministry. Wherever you are at, I am so glad that you are here today we're going to go into a little bit of a spicy subject i hope you guys are ready for that but before then we've got some fun things so today's shout out is going to go to the kids matter magazine why are you shouting that out sam you may ask well first i'm part of the kids matter podcast network guys i'm going to put that down below there are more shows like this oriented around kids around leadership around parents and all sorts of stuff like that so please go check that out it's a great resource for you guys to have um, a lot of different ideas from a lot of great leaders. Honestly, I feel underqualified being in this group of leaders, but nonetheless, we are here. And along with that, uh, the Kids Matter magazine, which is a magazine that releases uh, quarterly, um, they might or might not be putting yours truly in one of the next editions. And so if you want to see and hear and read more about this wonderful man behind the microphone go ahead and sign up guys it is nothing it is no uh no crazy commitment it's not like you're paying a thousand dollars even though the magazine seems like it should cost a thousand dollars um it is a great magazine okay like sometimes we think of like you know, like, oh gosh, kids ministry magazine, and you think, oh gosh, this is going to be the cheesiest, like, what is this, the 1990s? No, sir, they have some top-notch designers, magazine editors, and people in charge there, guys. You are going to love this magazine, so go ahead and sign up, okay? It is super cheap, and it is super worth it. Uh, So that's that, and today's story brought to you by Century Kid Camps. Thank you so much. So I went to Century Kid Camp. If you listen to my nugget, you would know that. Sorry for posting that late on Monday. I hope you guys were not eager to get your to-do list done from me. But anyways, I went to Cedric Camp. And I don't even know if I have a specific story. Um, It was wild. It was my first camp leading as a preteen pastor. So it was definitely crazy. There was a lot going on. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, the students loved it okay so it was very i mean i'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. it was very stressful uh there was a lot of things to to get done and to and to get the students in order and i had 19 preteens and trying to get them in and out and all sorts of stuff you know there's a ton going on in the camp so i was very stressed but i had to keep reminding myself throughout the whole day again and again and again that at the end of the day the children or what matters and every single one of them enjoyed the camp some said it was their favorite camp they've ever been to some just loved it some i mean honestly just being able to get out into a camp is a blessing and so uh, i just want to remind you guys that we are going to do things on our line of work with preteens or kids or youth or whatever that we are not going to enjoy but for the kids for the gospel and for Jesus Christ is what matters, okay? So that's my story, guys. Don't forget, we do a lot of things. We do a lot of menial tasks. But at the end of the day, we're doing it all for Christ. So today I wanted to jump into something um, that's been on my mind a lot. It's something that I'm working on. It's something that I'm growing in as a leader. Um, and that is how to approach baptism with 
younger kids. So this kind of stems off of Century Kid Camp, right? Or camp in general. We all know you go to camp and chances are you're going to have a student who wants to get baptized. And so I've been kind of tossing around in my head, you know, what, you know, these kids getting baptized, when a lot of it comes from personal experience as to why I'm, you know, thinking about it. Um, and, and I want to preface this by saying that I know that um, I may be broadcasting to several different denominations, different beliefs, different I- ideologies and whatnot. Um, so I just want to preface that with uh, whether it's baptism uh, or a public confession of faith that I know some do. Um, whatever it is, this public confession, right, which is what baptism is, um, the representation of being washed clean, you know, is what baptism through immersion is, is we're being washed of our sins, right, in a public confession. That's what it is. Um, uh, is important. It's vital for our faith walk, no matter what. No matter what you believe or what it is, uh, we all at the end of the day believe that there should be a public confession of faith before a community that we are um leaving our old selves behind and following Jesus Christ. And why do we do it? It's obedience to God and following the example that Jesus left and gave. So especially when we get to these younger ages, um, the idea of baptism, uh, it can kind of go twofold. It can be really good. It can be really bad, okay? Um, and, and I'm sure if we've been in ministry at any time, we've baptized kids, we've baptized younger children. Um, and so... Don't hear me wrong on this, okay? We're going to go into a lot more. Don't tune me out. Don't shut me down. Don't come at me. Let me, um, yeah, so we're going to approach uh, some of the potential pitfalls of this first, okay? So um, personally from my story, I, I this is why this is something so relevant to me, is that I kind of shared the experience that many of you may have heard. Some of you may have even experienced yourself. And it was this um, getting baptized at a young age and not comprehending it, okay? I got baptized, uh, golly, here's the thing, is I don't even um, really remember when it happened. I believe it was in second grade. Um, you know, I kind of remember that day, but it's like, I don't even remember really my public confession of faith in front of people. In fact, I don't even know if I said the whole, uh, do you believe in uh, Jesus Christ, you know, die for your sins or whatever, you know, uh, whatever confession y'all do. I don't even know if I said that in front of people, right? And so for me, I've always had this um, slight hesitation to this because I know that it didn't, uh, it didn't really click until I was 12 or 13. And then I was like, oh crap, I'm really... That was supposed to mean something. For me, it was just something that people in church did. And if I'm being dead honest, I really wanted the communion snack that we had. I couldn't get it till I was baptized. And so I personally relate to some of the, the worries that can revolve around a younger baptism. So we may wonder if baptizing so young is a good idea, right? Should we wait? Uh, what can we do? Uh, how do we approach this idea of this public profession, especially at such a young age? Uh, and, and we all may have different ideas. We may have different opinions, different approaches, just depending on where we're all coming. But at the baseline, guys, and I think we can draw a baseline on all of this, is that we deeply, deeply care about the faith and the walk our children have with Jesus, okay? And these confessions of faith are, well, they're one of the most important things. So let's dive in 
to this terrifying and possibly extremely controversial podcast episode I am continuing. Anyways, moving on. So the first thing I really wanted to address, um, now that we've got the baseline, you know, there are some hesitations. There are some, you know, people that want to go gung-ho straight into it. And so I want to talk about whether or not we should delay baptism, right? Or a public confession or whatever it is because of a certain age. And to that, I'm going to go ahead and say no. No. There's no need to delay, right? We should not, there should not be like an age requirement, a maturity requirement. We're not, like that is not what the church is about, okay? When giving an example uh, of believers in the gospel, who does Jesus point out is, is, is really what like my reasoning behind this. Like when Jesus says who to be like, he says, be like children, be like children, guys. Kids, especially preteens, which is, you know, my run-of-the-mill, um, they have this remarkable ability to deeply grasp the gospel beyond uh, what we think. And they also have a faith that can put so many pastors to shame, dude. The things these kids believe about Jesus is mind-blowing. I wish I could go back to that childlike faith, okay? Along with that... um. Like, if we're denying this baptism or public confession, it kind of implies that these kids need something additional, right? They need they, they need something else in them to get saved, which which we know um, is not true in the gospel, right? It's it's a very simple cut and dry, um, believe and you will be saved. For God's love of the world, he gives on the sense that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? We know that. It's not whosoever is mature enough to believe in him. No, it doesn't give us that. We shouldn't um, try and add on maturity. Um, and finally, uh, we may be wary about the, the the same issue that I ran into. This, this um, unconfident conversion or maybe a false assur- assurance in their own salvation, right? Uh, like we've heard probably dozens and dozens of stories of people who were baptized as a kid and they're not Christians anymore. They're not following that. And so some may fear, what if we're giving them a false assurance in their faith? However, as we continue and I approach this, if we're approaching baptism the right way, then we're not, right? We are sure in our faith. If we are confessing that Jesus is Lord uh, and by grace through faith we are saved um, th- then, no, we're not giving a false assurance. If a child understands that, we are not giving them a false assurance. So, at the end of the day, the baseline of this, guys, is that there's. I, I'm definitely not arguing for any sort of delay or any reason why a kid cannot be baptized. Jesus loved children, and so do we. So, now that we've got this out of the way, I, I can't imagine that this is a huge issue for you guys but i just wanted to make sure that we are on this same playing field okay we need to make sure that we are approaching this in the correct way so now that we've seen the some of the some of the things that people may uh, approach you with um there are some things i want to be wary of when we're baptizing children okay so when i'm approaching this idea of baptism with my preteens there are some things that i want to look out for and first would be um any scare tactics or coercion into baptism, right? Some of you may be familiar with this. You know, you went to a VBS and you left baptized because you were not going to the fire pits of hell, okay? You did not want that. You might have been coerced 
um, or frightened into it, right? Some people will um, distort the gospel in a way that makes it seem like you have to get baptized, um, and it's just not a healthy way. So we want to make sure that that our children aren't getting baptized because they are scared of a punishment or maybe their parents really want them to get baptized, right? We want this to be a genuine confession of faith. Okay, of course we want them to get baptized, but like a Baptist amount of obligation, obviously, is not a true confession. Just like we wouldn't go force people um, we were being missionaries to to get baptized because it wouldn't be a true conversion. Okay, another one, uh, and we're going to dive into this in just a second, is a rush rush confession or confession that isn't really supported or followed up. Right, so we always need to seek uh, to talk with our preteens, to talk with our kids. And see where they're at. See why they're getting baptized, what they believe, and if they grasp the concept. So that's going to go into um, generally some practices that I practice as a minister. And I think are healthy when we are discussing how to walk alongside kids as they're baptized. So, like I was talking about, I always want to make sure that I meet with the families uh, and the preteens of the kids um, and this can look like a lot of things. A lot of times I will meet between services. It's not my favorite way to meet, but, you know, kids, parents, it's it's hard for them to, you know, especially if it's during the school, to get those kids out of school, parents have work, etc. So that might not always be the best option. I meet between church services before or after, um, uh, but maybe I'll go grab ice cream or a meal or donuts before school or whatever and have a discussion right if a kid wants to get baptized have a discussion with the family uh, you know discuss what is baptism you know what is salvation who's jesus why is he important you know what does all of this mean uh, for me personally the church that i'm at we have a devotional it's like this questionnaire it's a super easy read for kids and they can go through it They'll get to see answers to a lot of questions. They'll get to write down questions of their own um, and really navigate what's going on in baptism. And so I really enjoy that. It allows me to, you know, talk with the family. I'll give them that book. um, And then they're able to go through that with their kid and uh, really can go into baptism pretty confident, um, knowing that they've grasped who Jesus is and what that really is means. Um, the second thing I do if I'm ever, you know, uh, baptizing a, a preteen, I've been asked to do a few so far, which is, might I say, just the coolest, coolest thing, right? But I always ensure that the church body knows that when a preteen is baptized, it is their responsibility to walk beside their new brother or sister in Christ, okay? So no matter what confession you do, um, uh, at the end of the day, we need to make sure that the community is there as well, okay? That they are building up their kids, that they are building up the children to walk beside it, okay? We know baptism is not a dunk and forget, okay? We're not just dunking the kid. We're not trying to boost numbers, right? It's not It's not like that. It's not a one-and-done deal, and we all know that. So we want to make sure the community is beside them, ready to serve and love and grow with them, Okay? And finally, finally, this one is important. Always, 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 always follow up, okay? So uh, we have a, a system that kind of like walks us through some, some basic things as we, as we go through baptism and sends reminders for that, which is super great. But however you want to do it, uh, what I usually do is if a kid's baptized, I'm going to send a postcard like the next 
week we have a, a, a system that helps us do that and so I send a postcard the next week so that they get it at the end of that week okay uh, just you know congratulations on your baptism welcome to the family of Jesus right we're so glad yada yada if you've got any questions we're always here you know um, and then uh, in about a month or so, I'll follow up. I might send another postcard, you know, happy month anniversary or whatever, and I'll follow up with the parents, right? And, you know, basically talk with them, uh, maybe send an email or text, hey, how's yada yada doing with their faith walk? Have you noticed any new habits, any new questions or anything like that, right? And then uh, maybe three, four, five, six months, just a few months down the line, I want to meet back with them, right? I'm not just going to leave them to walk their faith alone, okay? So, you know, I'll get with the parents and the students, and I want to meet with them again and dive into what uh, what they've learned, what they need, what they're growing in, challenge them. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the point here is that I always want to ensure that students, no matter what confession of faith or, or walk of life or church size you guys are at, um, that we always, when our preteens and when our kids are getting baptized, that we support them, okay? And we continue walking with them, even if they're great students, okay? Even if we can see that their faith is exploding, we walk with them, okay? We don't abandon them, and we help them grow, okay? We meet with them. We ensure their life group leaders are walking with them, okay? Just because a kid is doing well does not mean that they don't need our support, okay? So baptism or any confession of faith, really, at the end of the day is about God, right? It's about our proclamation of his salvation and our commitment to walk in that, okay? So walking along our preteens and our kids with this is an amazing opportunity that really can have an eternal impact on their lives. So guys, keep loving your students. Keep them close. Point them to God. And, and help them really join the family of Christ. To be adopted in through that confession of faith. So just really kind of summing this up, guys. Um, I don't think there's ever a bad time to baptize a kid, okay? I just want to make sure that these students know what they're saying, know what they believe, and that we are able to walk alongside them through that, guys. So wherever you're at, whatever uh, belief or ideology you have with your students, guys, make sure that they know who Jesus is. Make sure you're walking alongside them. Now, whatever you do with them, that Christ is at the center. So that's it for this week's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. A little up and down here and there, but at the end of it all, we love our students, and I know we do. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back Monday with another nugget. I'm super excited for that. I'll see y'all then. Later. Later.